Welcome to the Seashore Church Message of the Week. This message is designed to bring more of heaven into your world today. For more resources like this, or to learn more about our church, visit seashorechurch.com. Hello, how's everyone doing? It's good, good. I, um, uh, before I actually really get to um, talking about the word that I wanted to talk about. Um, there's a few other things I really wanted to mention. And just to give some context too then, on um, Clayton spoke there about um, the going after healing anointing for um, cancer and for autism. Oh, sorry, I just said autism. I meant to say allergies. Sorry. <laughs> but um, but um, so probably two and a half years ago, uh, before we even, we're not even two-year-old church yet, but it was back, we were just running prayer meetings and the Holy Spirit really started putting on my heart, start praying for a healing anointing specifically for cancer and specifically for allergies. And I didn't really know why, but you just do it, right? That's what you hear, do, hear, do. And so um, a year in, we've started to, you know, have some great testimonies. Um, two and a half years in now, we really have amazing testimonies of people that have really been healed from cancer and from allergies. But one, one year in, I just happened to bump into a friend of mine who goes to another church in the city. And I, I love this lady. She's a nurse and um, she works in oncology. And we were just talking about prayer meetings and things that we talk about, uh, things that we're praying about specifically in our prayer meetings. And I happened to say, uh, the Holy Spirit really put on my heart to pray for the two things, all healing. We want to see healings of all diseases and all sicknesses and broken bodies we want to see it all right but the two things that holy spirit really put on my heart were for um healing of cancer and healing of allergies and she stood there stunned and i was kind of wondering until she started telling me why so stunned and she said that in this area of of hampton roads it's a bit wider than even of hampton roads but it's a specifically it's a known place for allergies like we know this right you know oh virginia allergies and people just get used to taking allergy medicine and live with it which i think is actually sometimes in our thinking we've got to just push that off and not just live with stuff anyway another story for another day um so she she said that and then she said but here's what people don't know in campton roads amongst any other region in the whole of America. He's a woman who works in oncology and has for 20 or 30 years. In Hampton Roads, more people die of allergic reaction to the cancer medication that they're receiving. And I stood there going, oh my goodness, this, this is why God's having us pray for this thing specifically. How, how, um, how demonic, really, that, that people will die of the high incidence of death, the death rate is from allergic reaction to the cancer medication. And so I, I wasn't surprised then to hear that that's the very thing the Holy Spirit um, had really stirred my heart and had us praying in our prayer meetings, and still to this day. And we've added now um, autoimmune, the autoimmune diseases, the set of autoimmune diseases that come under that. You know, my own daughter recently with the T1D diagnosis, and then there's other, there's a few different autoimmune diseases. So there, we want to see healing. We want to see all kinds of healings. We really do. But there specifically, there are three things that got laid on my heart for us to really pray for and really break through, get breakthrough anointing in. And um, um, when I, actually, I'll even say this. Um, some of you may know, I don't know if I've told everybody like this. Um, when, when, so three months ago when Bella um, was diagnosed with um, type 1 diabetes, it was a Monday, Monday morning at like 7 or 8 a.m. in the morning. We 
were in the ER and within seconds they knew. And so they moved us from one hospital in another to another hospital, you know, the um, hospital transport. I'm driving in the hospital transport um, emergency vehicle shocked because you do what you know you, all kinds of reactions and um I was shocked and I was praying I was just just asking God I just I need help I need I need your calmness and I need your peace and I need your help right now and so for the next for the next 12 hours and a bit beyond that there's just you know nurses in and out of room and she's unconscious and they've got all kinds of stuff going on but um at about nine o'clock that night so it'd been 14 hours nine o'clock that night I was just lying over her she's unconscious, coming in and out of consciousness. I was lying over her, holding her, and every kind of machine's connected to her, crying as a mum, and I will cry now, I'm still emotional, crying as a mum will cry, and praying as, as a mum or a dad. If you have children, you get this. And I said to Father, I said, it was so strong in my heart too, I said to Father, I would take this, I would take this, like that, like loud too. And I felt the strongest hymn speak so strongly into my heart, as Jesus said, I already did. And all it took was that split second of, I already did. Him speaking that to my heart and the whole atmosphere around my heart and then in the room then changed too. And because now it became the, that's right, that's right. And now it became, it changed. I just went straight to worship. And for the next, if there's 9 p.m. till 2 a.m. or 2.30 in the morning, I just in that room worshipped and sometimes loud, obnoxiously maybe, because some of the nurses would time to time close the door <laughs> in the ER, the, the pick unit. And I, but I didn't care. <laughs> like we're, not gonna, we're not afraid of people, are we? We're not afraid of people's opinions. When we know who God is, we're going to sing and we're going to pray and we're going to ask things for healing because we know who God is. And so um, it doesn't matter what opinions of people and what nurses or doctors might say, keep that singing down in there. No, no, I'll sing all the louder because I know who God is. And he just told me he already took this. <laughs> so, yeah. So with that, just keep praying. Keep praying in your own time. God, I want, I want an anointing for healing. But then go out and actually pray for people to be healed too. <laughs> it's got to, like do both. Do both. Like heal, actually pray and ask and, and believe for healings. And the more you do it, um, the more you'll start to see the results, really. You'll, and, and we don't strive into this either, by the way. It's not like the better I pray, the more God works. No, it's not about that. It's just about remembering who he is and that he's with you in that moment. And through your spirit, your life, he wants to release his spirit into the, into the atmosphere. Kingdom is released through us. His love is released through us. His Holy Spirit power is released through us. And so it's just a matter of us just going, I don't have to strive. I can lay hands on the person and I can just go, oh, all right, you're here. I just I ask you come even more. Just make your presence known. Doesn't even sometimes the words that you use aren't even really what matters. It's just that you're just remembering God loves this person you're praying for. God loves you. And he wants to attest to who the name of Jesus Christ is in the first place. Like this is all up to God in the first place. You tell someone that God loves them, God wants to show that person that he loves them. It's not up to me. It, can't, it is. Like, I've got to love them. But I mean the power and the presence. The minute we speak and start declaring of who Jesus is, God wants to attest to his glory and his goodness and that he's real. He wants to. He just needs us to turn up and love the person and pray for the person and tell them that they're loved. Does that make sense? But it's not about our striving. Anyway. <sighs> so something else, before I even start talking, preaching... Um, something else I found really interesting this week, and I love it, 
It's Kanye West. <laughs> yeah, yeah, who said that? <laughs> so, um, I, I, I'm so amazed um, at God. You know, in any time that he's done anything big, um, revivals and times where he's come in a very uh, real way to really blow people's theological boxes out of the water and religious, like shatter those religious boxes, has been through things like this, where uh, Kanye West is a man who we know because it's been all over the internet everywhere for many years, obnoxious and into every kind of wrong thing. His own testimony, he says, look, you, you name it, I've tried it, right? But here is a man now who just a year ago said that he just had went, started going some real radical life change. One year later, he is preaching Jesus so powerfully, right? Multiplied millions of people, and not just in America, like other countries, are watching this. And some are hearing the gospel through him. Some, some are maybe not. Some are maybe going, oh, why him? Some are, oh, let's wait for the fall, the crash and burn. Can we be people who will just champion a man like Kanye West, not just him, but other people that God would use like that? Can we be people who will really champion whoever gets up with the gospel and says, oh, I know Jesus and he's just, he's just introduced himself to me? Because that's what happened. Jesus just transformed his life, split second. And he, by the way, will say, I'm a brand new convert. I'm not some brilliant theologian, right? So he's not trying to, he's not trying to be a brilliant theologian. He's just trying to now speak and tell about the one that's just radically changed his own life. So let's be people who champion that and really pray for him. Pray. He's high profile. The enemy would like nothing more than to just cut him from under, you know, cut his knees from under him and, and see a big fall because then a lot of people get disillusioned, right? So can we be people who will when, when, when pray for Kanye and then people like Kanye really pray great protection around their life, champion what they're doing, but really pray God's great, great protection around their life. It's really important. Because the enemy wants to have the last laugh in all of our lives. And if you could do it with someone like that, oh my goodness, how many people would be so disillusioned right now? So let's pray. Let's be people. So let's even do it now. Because it's not just Kanye. There's a few people. So Father, there's some very high-profile people that have um, come to know you recently. And... Um, and uh, are really wanting to honour you and live right. And, and um, Jesus, it's like having a toddler who gets up sometimes and falls back over and then gets up and tries to walk and falls back over. So, uh, uh, Lord, I pray for their strengthening. I pray for their heart before you. I pray great faith in their heart, in their life. I pray, God, that the right people would get um, around them and not the wrong people with wrong intention and wrong motive just because they're famous. I pray that right people would get around them to support their heart and really encourage their heart and uh, uh, pastor them, love lovingly father them, lovingly mother them and help them to know you in a greater way. Help their faith, Father. Um, help them Help them into a place of purity that is true and right and not religious, God, in Jesus' name. And any religious voice that's raised against them, Father, cut off those words in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So for real, for real, I, I think it's really great. Like it's not just Kanye. Who, um, Selena Gomez, um, uh, Justin Bieber, who that's been a while, but and then Avril Lavigne, who's also been a few years, but there's been quite a lot. And um, you know, isn't it just like God, sneaky God, go around outside the church and then prop up a man like Kanye to go, yeah, that's right, world, you shouldn't be aborting your babies. <laughs> there shouldn't be racial division. There shouldn't be victimization based on race and colour. There shouldn't be this um, socialist. He's really he's really against the 
ideologies that are really hitting hard in American politics right now too. So uh, pray for that. Just pr- pray that God would have his way, that God would be honoured and that God would be exalted, right? Not man, not any man. In fact, Kanye even said that. Don't thank me. Don't exalt me. Exalt Jesus. I'm like, yes, Kanye. <laughs> I think that's pretty amazing. Amen? Anyway, so we should pray and actually talk about the word. <laughs> we have been talking about the word. The word is Jesus. Um, but um, I just, you know, close your eyes just now because I'm going to ask you to, um, I'm going to ask you all to take, take a breath in and let it out. Just relax, right? Take another deep breath in at your own pace. Just breathe in and breathe out. And here's the thing is you're breathing in like the breath. One of the words for the spirit is breath. The atmosphere here is full of glory right now. Holy Spirit is here right now. Just breathe in and just breathe out. Relax into the presence of God. There's no striving into the presence of God. We relax into the presence of God. We find ourselves comfortably here when we recognize his presence is always with us, but when we set aside and take time and start to recognize, oh, that's right, you're here. So just breathe in again, breathe in. Just breathe. You can do that anywhere, anytime, on the go, in your car, at work, at home, when you're having a really hard moment in a hospital and you have to have Holy Spirit or Jesus say to you, I already took that. It's just that those moments where we again just tune in, again just tune in, tune to the right channel of, of Holy Spirit. Actually, I'll say this again, not on the word, but here, here is what it's like tuning in um, to Holy Spirit. Um, everybody understands how Wi-Fi works. There's like radio waves even in this room right now. You can hook up your phone to the, to the internet, right? We can hook up our spirit to the Spirit of God who is always with us. And get downloads all the time, just like you download something on your phone. It's really that basic and simple. He's always with you. He's always wanting to share his heart and his love and his and his and his great passionate love for you, and also his compassion and also his provision of whatever it is you need. He's always there, and so he's always in the room. And it's just a matter of like, that's right, tune in again to the Wi-Fi, but it's Holy Spirit. Tune into the spirit, the atmosphere of the Spirit of God that is constantly surrounding you. He never leaves you. He's constantly with you. Because we can tune into the wrong things, like, you, you, you know, your Wi-Fi, you, know, through, you can download anything off on your phone, same thing. You can download the wrong things into your spirit if you're just tuning into someone else's bad day, someone else's road raging you on the road, someone else's, you know, mad boss or mad other, you know, employee at work. You can tune in and, and pick up and download all kinds of things in your day. You can tune into the wrong... Um, let's be people who just can see and sense what's going on around us and remember who we are to be tuned to, all right? It is Jesus. It is Holy Spirit. No matter what you're facing, it is Holy Spirit is always with you and he's always got an answer for what you're going through, what you're walking through. If someone's just road raged you, Holy Spirit's still right there and knows it. <laughs> he's, he didn't leave the car. <laughs> and um, so just be people who can be constantly ready and willing and intentional of, oh, you're here, you're here, you're with me now, you're here. I'll breathe in, I'll breathe you in and I'll slowly breathe you out. 
and it'll just give my heart a moment again to remember that you're here and I can exercise self-control that way. I can exercise patience. I can exercise greater love and move in the spirit of love with people around me rather than picking up their stuff and exercising that or operating out of that. Does that make sense? Anyway, I don't know why I said all that. Maybe I do. Um, I did want to talk about, I actually, I'll keep it, I'll try to, I'm going to try and keep it pretty short. So I do want to talk about, um, we've been talking about worship for, for months now, months, talking about what it means to be worshippers, lovers, lovers of God, people who just love God, flat out, all out, hold nothing back, lovers of God. Um, and it's not something, again, this is not something that we strive into. This is something that he helps us into because it's the very thing he wants us to do is to worship him and to love him with everything we are. And so our very prayer of help me do this, he answers, because it's what we were created for in the first place. There's his purpose in our life is that we would love him and yield and surrender and, and honor him with everything we have. And so the very our, our desire matches his desire for that. And so when we're praying for that, he is the one who just takes us in and takes us in deeper and deeper all the time. It's not a hard thing. We don't have to strive, right? So we... We less easily love the people around us, though. <laughs> so, um, we, we know we've been talking about worship as more than just what happens on a Sunday off the stage here. Worship is our whole life. It's our whole life of loving God in every aspect of life, worshiping Him, serving Him, um, taking, our, you know, in, a, in the home, how I mum, how I wife, how I, how I work, how I apply my life to everything that I'm doing, my service to the Lord, how I honor Him with my heart. That's, that's my worship, right? But here is the aspect I wanted to talk about tonight it is, it is um, loving our neighbor. The last time I preached two weeks ago, I used the Luke 10.27 verse. It's love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And, and the second part to that then is love your neighbor as yourself. We didn't get to that part of the verse two weeks ago. The love your neighbor as yourself. This is part of our worship. To love, to love the person in front of me, to love my neighbor and um, now that's, that's the family of God, our family here, Seashore Church. But you know what? It goes way beyond Seashore Church people. It goes way beyond just even other Christians that we might know. It's the lost. It's to love people because they don't yet know that they're part of... They, God wants them desperately, longs for them to be brought into kingdom, right? So they're not yet in kingdom. They're not yet a brother and sister in Christ. But he still longs for them to be that way. And we can be people who just love them, he can love them through us and he can touch their lives through the way that we love them. But this is part of our loving service. This is to be a worshipper of God. We are allowing his love to come into our lives and touch our lives and so transform us that it, it then flows out. You can't help it. It's going to leak out onto any other person that comes into contact with you. It's just going to touch them. His love through your life will change, affect atmospheres and affect your neighbours and the people that you work with and your family. It just will affect them because it, it can't not. God is love. We know God is love. And when we just partner with him, accepting it into our life, accepting, God, you love me. You love me. So it doesn't matter if other people do or don't. You love me. You're the one who loves me. You've transformed me. You've changed me. Let your love culturize my life and my heart and my thinking so that I can be someone who you use to change the world around about me. And that's what his love in our lives does. So as worshippers, it's one of our jobs is to love each other, love your neighbor. I do know, though, 
Oh, I better get some reading, some scripture first, eh? <laughs> Make it legal. Is that Bill Johnson's joke? Make it legal. <laughs> it's all right. We've been talking about scripture. I just haven't referenced it specifically. So, well, the Luke 10, 27 verse, the second part to it, which is love your neighbor as yourself. In Matthew, it says it's the second commandment. The greatest is love the Lord your God. The second is love your neighbor. And, and John doesn't, John, um, sorry, Luke doesn't. Luke just has it together. That's okay. All right, it doesn't matter that it's not separated in by a verse. Or a, um, what matters is that we be people who love. I think, I think I've been in church almost all my life. And some people, we all have different experience in church. And that's okay, right? We all turn up here with different experience and past and life is different for us all. I, I, I do know something that really breaks my heart is um, there's a lot of people and it's a conversation even. You'll see it on Facebook, Facebook like articles and whatever social media you're into have these articles. That, oh, the young people are leaving the church in droves or, or the church is in decline. Um, it's not actually certain aspects of the church are but certain aspects of it are not um, but but where people are seeing the decline this is what breaks my heart I know a lot of it is because people have seen inauthentic church and they've bumped up against something that's not authentic something that has had a confession of I'm a worshiper I love God right or this is a church where we're worshipers we love God but there's been something inauthentic because there's been a lack of love there's been a lack of heart connection and people haven't felt like they're welcomed or they felt criticized or they felt judged or they themselves were the judges and the criticizers does that make sense and so there's not the love your neighbor the I love God with all my heart but I don't love my neighbor is really obvious to people people know when they're loved people know it they can feel it um I said a couple of weeks ago, there's actually something tangible. There's a tangible transaction between or in a person's relationship. When you, you turn up into someone's world and um, however they turn up into yours or you into theirs, you, you, you know whether the person is an open-hearted, honest, living kind of person that's just wide open. I love Jesus and here you can have access to my heart because I live open before him. I live open before you. That, that, is, that, that is really obvious if it's, if it's there. It's also really obvious if it's not there. And that's the part of church that is really broken. That I really want us to be so open to God that we live very different. That we do offer people something very authentic. That we do offer people a very authentic love and a very authentic conversation. And a very authentic, yeah, here's, here's me, all of me. And I'm unafraid of what you think for good or bad because I've got a good opinion of heaven over my life so that I'm now so free I can love you with all your stuff too. Because that's what one of the things that really limits and, and creates the inauthentic uh, uh, ways of doing church is we, we, we have not yet been fully uh, freed from our own stuff, so we now start to hide and pull back um, and pull back parts of our heart and then, and then the person that might start pulling back their heart and there's a disconnect that happens. And so now we're not loving the way God wants us to love. Now there's a disconnect and everybody feels it in the room. It's really very heartbreaking because I've seen it again and again and again and again. And it's really damaging to people who, um, who are looking, they're, okay, they're looking for really honest people who say, I love Jesus with all my heart, which means I'm going to love you too with all my heart, unconditionally. Whether you love me back or not, 
whether you give me reason to really not love you. Uh, not love you. <laughs> um, um, anyway, I was going to... Oh. Um, this week I had someone over at my house for a prayer meeting and I was so glad because um, otherwise it just would have been me. <laughs> but me and Jesus is still a good prayer meeting. <laughs> but I'm glad when other people show up. <laughs> um, but anyway, I had this beautiful woman over and she um, was with me and we prayed and we just worshipped. And then she told me a story how she bumped into someone that we both know and have known for about 10 years. And um, this person called her up and asked her out for coffee and said, oh, you're over with Romy and Clayton. You really shouldn't trust them. And listed off reasons. And this woman knew that's wrong. You might have reasons that you might think are real, but the gossipy part of this is what is wrong. You don't call me up and invite me to coffee just to have a gossip session about two people that I do love. And this woman <laughs> just called someone else and just goes, I was just on the phone, I was just had a coffee with someone and can you just pray with me because I need to cut those words off because that was just grossness. Now, I'm giving this example without names. I'm giving this example because this has happened up and down in the church and people think nothing of slandering people and, and, and you know, uh, have you heard about what this person's done? Have you heard about what that person's done? Or the mocking part of, oh, you're not... Whatever it is, all the slander, the reputation ruining, the gossipiness, that is not love. That is breaking the commandment to love your neighbour as yourself. This is what is destroying many, many churches. It's just because it's destroying individual lives because the gossip and the slander actually is, causes a poison to go deep down into people's hearts. And then and it spreads like, like a cold, just like an infection, like resentment, bitterness. That stuff just spreads person to person if, if we're not clear, if we're not very you know, clear-cut and cutting it off and just going, no, no part of that because I'm a lover. And so if we... I, I, I'm talking about this because it's important that we be people who understand that we're called to love God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, all our strength, but then also love the people in our world with everything we have. And the Bible says, um, it says, it says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And that's the hard part. As you love yourself. It's very often that people have not loved themselves. And that's why they can turn around and, and slander and mock and put down, ruin someone else's reputation. And, and this, why, this, this is what wrecks me. It's because I know it comes from a place of brokenness. And so the girl at my house, when we were having this conversation, we took communion together and prayed for this other girl. Because it doesn't hurt me to think that that's happening. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt me. It rolls off me. I do do this, though. I do take communion to make sure that it keeps rolling off me. And I do take the communion to really ask God to bless this woman, this other person, the third party. Because out of the brokenness that she lives with is why she's creating just this um, constant twisting and constant more brokenness and the spreading of more brokenness because she's a broken person in the first place. Does this make sense? And so she can't love her neighbour because she doesn't love herself. This is what it comes down to. Is So in community, we're supposed to be people who love God with everything we have and then love each other with everything we have as we love ourselves. But we don't love ourselves. And here is the reason. We haven't yet seen ourselves the way God has seen us. And so we often see ourselves through old filters, old experiences, old other people's wrong words 
sent against us, spoken over directly or through gossip, you know, how you hear it. And, and, so, and so with the brokenness that we just live with and, and haven't, haven't allowed God in to really heal, it creates fear, creates rejection, creates insecurity in us that, that then creates the pop-up of pride and the isolation and the walls go up all around about us because we don't want to be hurt again and we don't want people to really know us because if they really knew us, they wouldn't love us because we don't love us. God wants to really remove that off people. And we're called to be lovers of him and lovers of people. And this is our worship. Love God, love people. This is how we worship God. And we've broken in this area of being able to love one another because we really haven't allowed his love to so touch so deeply and heal places in us that sometimes when we were children, some of these things happened. And he wants to heal every single thing. And he doesn't take, you know, what might take years, 10 years on a counselor's couch can take moments in the presence of the Holy Spirit, right? Because he's God. He knows everything. He can heal everything. But it takes us just to go, okay, what, where, where in me? Where in me have I, mis, um, have I had a misrepresentation of your heart toward me? Where have I missed the, the, the broken area in me that I've held on to because I haven't believed how much you love me or I haven't believed your words over me or I haven't, I haven't understood um, how precious I am in your sight? This, this is it. You are precious Precious in God's sight. He didn't withhold Jesus in coming to the cross and dying the way he did where God poured out all of his anger and all of his wrath upon Jesus so that it wouldn't touch you and me. And we were the ones who deserved it. He loves you that much that part of the Trinity would come and do that. God didn't spare his own son, Jesus Christ, so that we could be made sons and daughters to be made like Jesus Christ, adopted into the family, brought into the, into the Trinity. We, our communion that we're supposed to have with the Father is as, not we're, not we're not gods, but we come into that place of union, communion, abiding with the Father, with the Son, with the Holy Spirit. Nothing, nothing hindering this relationship. And we don't do it because we haven't seen our worth and our value. We haven't understood how precious we are and and the dignity that he gives to us. And so the fear, fear, rejection, the... uh, Anything, anything the enemy could um, slip in there to try and create distance in our heart between, between me and God that will cause me just to step away. Even the smallest step away is going to just start in me a process where the brokenness in me again or the pride or the um, fear or the rejection and, and the insecurities rise up again and now my love for other people is through that filter. Now I can't love my neighbour the way God wants me to because I'm not receiving his love the way he wants me to. I'm not even looking at my right notes. (laughs) Excuse me while I turn to the right page. (laughs) Uh, You know, in culture... Right now, can you open that for me? Is that, thanks. In, in culture right now, something that has really risen up, um, I, I think really, really only, I've lived here 20 years um, in America, and that the identity, thank you, the identity politics that has allowed um, victim mentality and the blaming of other people 
for all of my stuff. It's always someone else's stuff and problem and reason for why I am like I am. The blame game that has, 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 do you understand what I'm talking about? The victim mentality, it's all through culture, um, but it's also through church. But do you know as Christians we have no right to be a victim anymore? Because he, Jesus became the victim so that we could not, so that we would now not be victims anymore. And this is the point. If you, if you, if you, if you love Jesus, if you've given your life to Jesus, a great exchange has happened where all of my brokenness, everything that, everything that I could have once blamed on, even on other people, some of the stuff was my own fault, some of the, uh, some of the stuff was other people's fault, because I trust in Jesus and my heart and my life is now um, in him, he took all of that stuff, he took all of the blame, he took all of the victimhood. I have no right to now blame any other person for me, for the way I am. I have zero right. I have zero right to say, Oh, well, I'm like this because you said this. I do this because you do that. I, I am, I'm offended because you did that. The offence culture is right there with that victimhood thing. That is something, again, that really just stands against love in a community of believers. And so if we, we can understand then, we, we are people who've been so set free. It's the, again, it's the understanding, I am precious. I am precious in his sight. And he didn't withhold Jesus from the cross so that I could be fully set free from everything, everything, everything. So now, because Jesus went to the cross, I also cannot, I've got to be responsible with me and bring myself to the cross, not blame anybody else for the fear and the rejection and the lies that I may have heard all through my life. I've got to bring all of myself to the cross so that I can get fully, fully free and get fully, fully whole. We talk about in our church a lot, we talk about the need for repentance and the need for bringing our heart to God, yielding, surrendering. We always will talk about that stuff because this is what this is. The more I just bring that stuff to the cross, don't blame other people, bring it to the cross, the more I'm free, the more I'm made whole, the more then I can receive his love into my life in such a way that it transforms my life and I can then walk around my city and transform the city, not because I'm special, but because God's made me whole. That's it. God's made me whole. So now I can walk around and I can love my neighbor as I love myself. See, Jesus loves you, so you should love you. You're created in, in God's image. I think it's uh, how will I say? Do you know God God delights over you? You hear this, we talk about this. God delight, God delights in me. You delight in me. There's a new song I love to sing. You delight in me. Holy Spirit walked into my room um, what, late one evening. I was working late in my little downstairs office thing, and Holy Spirit walked in. I saw, and 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 it was very attention getting, which I needed that because I was pretty deep into some other work, and I was like, oh my goodness, yeah. And so uh, he he goes, just put the work aside. And I, so I did. And I, he, goes, he goes, I delight in you. And I started singing that song. You delight in me. And he goes, no, no. That song's going to limit the way you think I delight in you. And I went, whoa. <laughs> it's, it, it, 
why I'm saying this is we can, we can, you know, we sing about God, we sing about his love for us, we sing about our love for him, and sometimes we can put even that into boxes, right? But, but he was in the room and he was trying to shake me out of even just a simple song. It's a great song, it's a fantastic song, but he was trying to shake me out of even limiting um, the way I see myself through that song. Oh, you delighted me, that's right, you delighted me. It was almost like he was sh- shaking me to go, no, no, you don't understand, Everything here can pass away. The mountains can pass away. Oceans can disappear. I can roll all this up in a split second, but never will you disappear. Never will you uh, be uh, outside my presence. The Bible says that. One day, Jesus is just going to roll up everything like, like a blanket. You and I will never, never depart. You and I are the purpose of creation. You and I are the pinnacle of creation. You and I are why Jesus came to rescue and redeem all of creation. You are the um, very apple of God's eye in everything that he created. It, it It is you and me that he longs for and loves, longs for, longs for, sometimes aches. If we're apart from him, it's a great ache and a great grieving in his heart until we come back to that place of incredible loving, um, accepting his love again. And it doesn't matter how far apart, just can be a slight turn of, ah, back over here into rejection or fear for a while or fully out of kingdom. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's, It's the ache in his heart, the longing in his heart is for you to have unbroken, continuous relationship with him. Because he delights in you. The very thing that delights his heart is that you would turn aside from your schoolwork, like that night for me, turn aside from all that and put it aside just to engage his heart and allow him to speak words into your soul that will cause you to just get up again and love again and let him go deeper again and put faith in your heart, faith in your life so that you really could continue to do the things that he's put you on the planet to do. And not just um, from a... um, um, uh, monotonous kind of way but with a joy in your step and a like lightness in everything that you're doing because you're, you're now doing everything in the presence of God and there's a flow in him that he wants to give all of us like when I say flow I mean that you'd wake up in the morning and we say this you wake up in the morning but there's a lightness to you getting up out of bed even if you're really tired I was really sick this morning but I still got up, I still got up, I was tired, but I still got up going, oh, now I've, got to, I've just got to get ready for today. I've got to prepare a word. And so there's a flow in him that he wants to give to you that is um, 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 his life lived through you, his anointing through you that is substantial and weighty and changes things. I say substantial because we talk about anointing and I know some people go, well, what does that mean? I sometimes feel him in worship or when someone prays for me, but then that's it. Anointing is so much more than that. Understand it this way. You are anointed because it's the Holy Spirit's presence in your life. He, he is the anointing. So the Holy Spirit never leaves you. And so the anointing is his presence with you, which is his power. It is his love. It is his ability to do everything that you need to do. It is his ability to get up and do all of these things. And with joy, because where the presence of the Spirit is, the, the Spirit of God is, there is joy, there is peace. And freedom. So it's not just um, the freedom is from the fear. The freedom is from the uh, insecurities. It's the freedom from the bondages. Sometimes just in our thinking that we'd limit ourselves sometimes over things that we shouldn't be limiting ourselves over. Um, like I, I was kind of limiting myself with that song. You delight in me. That's right. But I should be singing songs about how I delight in you. 
That's what he had to fix in me. Just being honest, I love this song, You Delight in Me. It's a, it just sings over and over, You Delight in Me, You Delight in Me. But I'd be singing the song going, yeah, I delight in you, but, you, but I, I delight in you, I delight in you. And he goes, no, no, it's really okay for you to sing, I him to sing, he delights in us. He wants to come and lift that out of our thinking and change our thinking. Does that make sense? Because the more we allow him to do that and the more we allow him to remove the, um, even the bondages in our thinking sometimes, the freer we are, the more whole we are, the more we can take into, into our life, his life, so that his life can be lived out through us and then we can love our neighbour as ourself. So you will love yourself. Well, actually, everybody does feed themselves, does clothe themselves. The Bible does say that, doesn't it? You feed yourself, you clothe yourself. Of course, you take care of yourself. So there is a measure of love for yourself, a measure but even, even unbelievers have that. The believer has every reason. And it's not, it's not a self-love that is gratuitous and vainglorious type of love. The love is the deep, deep appreciation that you are God's man or woman, that you are God's son or daughter. You are God's friend. And as his friend, there's incredible great worth in that. That love. Does that make sense? That can help you turn and love any other person in your world because now you want that for the other person. You want that freedom for another person. You want that ability for them to understand who they are. You want that ability for them to be very free. I'm going to read from um, 1 John chapter 4. And it's something we read, we read here quite a bit because, uh, well, John... John was one of my, uh, any of the books of John, John's I love. But John chapter 4 verse 7. It's First John, I should say. First John 4 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. So we live through Christ, right? There's no striving. We live through Christ and he lives through us. It's both. It's and, both. Verse 10. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. I'll just skip down to verse 20. Um, Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. Verse 21. And he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. So I, it's, they're pretty strong words. It's strong words, but it's good, it's good for our heart. Because we can't walk around saying, yes, I love God. Yeah, I worship God with this confession. That's a good confession. That by the way, I feel like in this um, Virginia, <laughs> the area of Virginia, I've been here 20 years, so I know people just get up and go to another church for a while and then get up and go somewhere else because they got upset at one place, right? 
We can talk about this. So this is Virginia, and I feel like sometimes there's the, well, I love God, but I don't love his people. Or at least over at that church, so I'll go over to this one. Um, this is why. This is why people are looking for something much more authentic. Like, there's got to be a very, very authentic way that we love, that we honour one another's heart. You can honour someone when, even when you get garbage back from them. You can still decide in your heart to give dignity and honour and worth and you can still pray for them and you can still love them even when they've given you the yuckiest, grossest garbage back and flung it back at you. You can do that. And the Bible even says, love your enemies. So it's not like Jesus said that. It's not like he was um, saying that you wouldn't have people who would be a bit garbagey, right? Garbagey. I made that up. <laughs> so it's not that he didn't say that there wouldn't be people who would um, do some really silly things. And I'm saying silly, but it's gross, really. But he still calls us all to a much, much higher place of, I have been so set free myself, so now I can really love and I can really honour and I can bless even those people who would, would want opposite for me. They would want to harm me, but I can bless, I can bless, I can live very free. We live free because we've allowed him to change our heart, we've allowed him to culturise our heart and our thinking with who he is, his words over us. Does that make sense? And so now it's that I can love my neighbour, even if my neighbour's not loving, worthy of it, deserving of it. Maybe they've been deserving of not love, something else other than love. Maybe they've been deserving of me throwing some mud back. But that just becomes a really yucky game. Let's just be people who just go, you know what, it's okay. I can love, you know, it's the turn the other cheek thing, isn't it? It's, it's I can love in spite of what I get from people. Uh, you know, it's funny because I really, I, I love to look around um, what God's doing around the world in other, other nations, other cultures. And um, it, here in our, I've mentioned already that we have this blame victim culture that's kind of through our culture and, um, and, um, and even makes its way in church a little bit. You know, the thing that really keeps me up sometimes at night is praying that we would be so free of this because in other cultures, in other nations, people are literally dying because they will not recant. They will not say no and, and accept some other regime. They are saying, no, I love Jesus. Some people are dying because they own a Bible. And some people don't even own a Bible, but they've memorized pages and pages of it because it's the only way they can, they can spread the gospel to other people is by memorizing this thing. And so, and so if, if, okay, if, if people with knives to their throat are forgiving the person who's persecuting them, in China, in Hong Kong right now, it's a rape culture over there. There is, there is the, the government is using rape as a method of warfare against its own people. Um, and so, but here are these women, and many of them love Jesus, not all of them, I know, but many of them do, and they go out of their homes every day and say, no, I'm for freedom, I've got, I've got to pursue this. In Iran, the women in Iran, the church in Iran, it's the women who are really rising up and saying, I have to leave, I have to go, and I might be saying goodbye to my family, I might not see you tonight, I might not be coming home, because they might get a hold of my life, and if they do, they might kill me, or torture me, rape me, whatever that means, right? So it's easy in this nation to be a Christian, is we don't have that that faces us all the time. 
Do you know what really gets me then is why I stay up at night praying or just lie in my bed at 4am praying is because in this nation, with the ease, we've lost our ability to love. Many of us, I'm not saying people here necessarily, but many of us have lost our ability to love because, because we're just offended at one another and I don't like the people of that church so I'm going to meet with someone from it and t- don't, don't trust the people over there. Like, what? We're on the same team. Supposed to be on the same team. Supposed to be going full, for, you know, full throttle for the gospel, loving people, loving the lost. We can't love our own people. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I was in Pennsylvania and saw, oh, what's her name? Um, oh, oh, yes, thank you, <laughs> Heidi Baker. And she did this up on stage. It was so great. She goes, this is what the body of Christ does to each other all the time. Uh, uh. And she's like stabbing herself and kicking herself. I was like, that is, that is the perfect example because we're one body, one church. God only has one church. And, that, but, and we're going around doing this to each other and stabbing each other, hitting each other and kicking ourselves, kicking ourselves, injuring ourselves, injuring my own brother and my own sister because I can't keep my mouth shut or I can't you know, switch my love off because it's easier to not love because I haven't understood how much I'm loved. Does this make sense? I know it's a little heavier than maybe we're used to, but it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. God wants to purify his church. That's why this is worth it. God wants to purify his church. The method of purification over in Iran is they're dying. And people, women, saying goodbye to their own kids. I might not come home tonight because I'm going out today to go and tell as many people that Jesus loves them. The persecution method over there has purified the church. And they are committed to one another and they love one another and they are uh, bend over backwards for one another and um, take bullets for one another because they understand what this is about. It's a spiritual battle. It's very real. And so in their obedience, which is our worship, their obedience to the Lord in everything is so uncomplicated it's just given it's just done yes i walk out today worshiping you following you i'm going i'm gone count my life in i'm yours god and so they love they love because they understand god is love they don't withhold their love from him in obedience even giving their life surrendering their life but they don't hold back their love from one another because they know it is the thing that is the uh, it keeps their community impervious to the enemy in a spiritual sense, when I say impervious to the enemy is because when I commit to someone in love, no matter how they present into my life, I can still, um, out of my heart, minister love, minister grace, minister the respect and that give the person the dignity that they need so that God can get a hold of their life and really see great change happen in their life so that they then become someone who will minister with the same love, an authentic, authentic love that is unbending and unchanging and uncompromising given unconditionally, no expectation back. Does this make sense? It makes us impervious to the enemy. And when I say impervious to the enemy, it's because we're moving in the opposite spirit. The enemy moves in the spirit of fear and and shame and condemnation. He's the one that wants division in church. He's the one that celebrates and, and laughs when people mock each other and stab each other and wound each other in the church. It's the enemy is getting the upper hand. 
But when we move in the love, God is love, we move in a spirit of love opposite to the, to the world, the opposite to the way the enemy would want us to operate, we become this impervious group of people because peace has become ours. Love has become ours. Joy has become ours. There is something in our lives that is so different that the world can't wrap its head around and the enemy loses um, his, uh, it dismantles his kingdom person by person as they just come into our world and we start loving them. And, you know, it's the Bible verse that says, the indicates of the enemy, um, uh, what is it? Uh, forcefully advancing. The kingdom of God is forcefully advancing and the gates of the enemy uh, can't stop it. It's as we move out and we love and we just keep loving and we keep loving and we keep reaching out for one, pulling another one in, pulling another one in to kingdom and their life is transformed. The enemy, the enemy is losing ground every single day that we walk out our front door when we live this way. And love, no matter what. Here's a great example, actually, to wrap up. There is a family in our street who um, two, well, two of the people from the family have made decisions to follow Jesus over the years. They're just neighbours of ours. Um, and there's some difficulty with the family, a little bit of craziness. When I say craziness, there's, there's just a lot of craziness. <laughs> Clayton is very political, just crazy. You don't have to go into the details. Just crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of crazy. Anyway, so I went to go pick up my oldest son from work one night and the crazy was happening on the street because we were police cars. And I, oh, sorry, no, pre, 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 this was another night, not police cars this night. Often police cars. Anyway, the crazy was happening and I had to drive past the house and crazy was on the front yard and there were people in the front yard yelling and screaming and this domestic. And um, one of them ran in front of my car. So, stop. <laughs> I don't want to go to jail. And uh, <laughs> so, so stop. I was like, oh, I've got to get my son. How am I gonna, what am I going to say? And um, it, the craziness just came into my world because I had to stop there. And so I've got... There's three people and they're all they're having a domestic and they just brought me right into it, right into the middle of it. I had to call my mother-in-law to go get my son because <laughs> I've got the dad yelling at me, I've got the daughter yelling at me and I've got the boyfriend and he's trying to get in the middle and they're just, it was just gross, gross. I didn't get out of my car, <laughs> sat in the car. I was like, hey, it's okay, people, trying to calm him down and you think you're a good Christian? I was like, oh, I was just trying to drive by in my car. just got stuck. Um... I'm trying to be not tell you a lot of details because sometimes this girl comes to church. <laughs> so, um, so it, anyway, it was really ugly. The, the father, it was very, very ugly moment, yelling at me at the top of his voice, swearing like any four houses, five houses down, you would have heard this um, up and down the street. So I, I ended up going home. Even going, I don't know if I'm safe right now. I don't know if I should be calling the police to protect my house. This is how serious it was. Um, and so I'm at home. It's midnight. <laughs> Clayton was out of town. Bobby's on the phone going, are you going to call the police? He's like, I don't know. And I didn't. I felt God just go, no, just, just switch the lights off. You'll be fine. And so I did. We went to bed. No problem. A couple of days later, I just walk in around the street again because I walk past his house all the time as I'm praying. And I was praying for him this day going... God, that was, was so ugly and I didn't feel safe, but I want him to know I love him. I don't have any hard feelings for this man who I know is incredibly broken. And the broken, I just, you know, got the brunt of the brokenness this night, all the language and the swearing and you're a horrible hypocrite Christian, whatever. 
I, I knew out of my heart, I was like, Lord, I, I want the ability to reconcile, to tell him again, I, I love him, I, I have no hard feelings here, what, how do I make that happen? <laughs> make that happen. We don't make this happen, we just pray and ask God and he's the one who opens the door. Literally that happened because on my next lap around the neighbourhood, he was out on, on his lawn and he called me over and he just goes for 10 minutes, just kept saying, I'm sorry for 10 minutes, I'm sorry, I'm sorry and I was trying to say to him, we're good, we're good. But he, he wouldn't even, he just was broken and just repeating it over and over. But, but I, think that, I think that was really a setup from God because God knew that I was not going to hold anything in a yucky way against this man. But, but that this man now, we talk again and it's fine and there's really no hard, nothing hard between us at all. I can wave at him, I can love his kids. Is it, am I making sense? I'm trying to be a little... Uh, fluffy on the details because I really hope they come to church. Um, I'm saying this is it was a night where I did not feel safe in my own house. It was just a few houses down from me. I didn't feel safe and I was like, do I call the police? I might need protection. The night it happened to the next day and a few days out where I'm praying, God, they, they need you. They need you and they need to know someone like me who says I love you is not going to hold anything in my heart against them for what happened. Does this make sense? So when we can move in this spirit of love, I'm going to love. I'm going to, I'm going to love you and it doesn't matter what mess comes out of you sometimes. I can still look all past that and I can still see the person that God loves. And when I can see the person that God, because God had a dream over this man's heart, it does have a dream over this man's heart. There's an identity that he doesn't know that he owns, that's his, if he would just turn his heart to the Lord. All right, and so if I can move toward that person, the place of that right identity, the loving and, and love that, love him into that, then all of the mess around about it, that by the way, you know, he's partnered with the enemy to allow this mess. I get that, right? But I won't partner with the enemy to throw shame on him. I won't partner with the enemy to condemn or be religiously, oh, you yelled hypocritical Christian at me. Who do you think you are? You're not even a Christian. What do you know? You don't know the Bible. I'm a Christian. I'm a good Christian. You know, we can do all that wrong stuff <laughs> or just go, it doesn't matter what he accused me of. It doesn't matter how much language, colourful language. It doesn't matter what neighbour up and down the street heard this. I don't care about my reputation before them. I care that he knows I love him. Because we're called to love our neighbours. And we can only do that, we can only do that when we really know God loves us. So, let's just close our eyes. God, we do, we do want to know how much you love us. We want, we want to be changed by that. We want to be changed by your love again and again and again. You know, the word says we go from glory to glory. We can grow every single day in our capacity to receive your love. We can grow every day in our capacity to know you, to understand you, to have it, this very real experience, like an experiential relationship. You want us to experience you, tangible, real God. 
not just something that someone else talks about or something that we have to talk ourselves into. This is not what Christianity is about. It's experiencing real Jesus, experiencing you and, and feeling your heartbeat in our own heartbeat, feeling your breath, knowing you're with us. Father, we give you permission. I ask, I ask, I inv- we invite you, we invite you, minister our hearts, minister your life. We want this to be real, so authentic. God, it's got to be authentic and I pray that not a person in this room would have anything but very authentic relationship with you, very, very authentic life in you. We, we, uh, we come alive because you're alive. We, we, uh, we are loved because you love us and we can love uh, other people around us because you first loved us. You are the first love. You are the first love. You are the, our first love, but you first loved us, which is why we can love you in the first place. I pray, God, every person in this room would respond to you loving them. I pray, increase our capacity, increase our heart. If there's areas where we have pushed away or hindered God, we give those areas up. If there's things that you want to highlight in us, we give you um, the permission to highlight the things that we need to repent of or let go of, renounce anything in our heart that has hindered you, God. We hand it over to you. We bring it to the cross. And I pray that in the bringing it to the cross that not a person in here would pick it up and walk away. In Jesus' name, God, we pray that this stuff would be cut off at the cross, that it really would be brought to the submission. Everything we take captive, every thought, every thought, we take captive every thing that sets itself up against the knowledge of Jesus Christ in a person's heart and we bring it and take it captive to the, to the cross right now. Everything, God, break down every barrier, break down every wall, everything that is hindered in us in any way, in any way. And I pray for the absolute freedom in our hearts that there'd be complete unhindered lives, unhindered, unchained, unbound, that everything would fall off. Any negative thought, every negative thought, anything that we have been, that's been spoken over us, even things that we might have forgotten, God, bring them to our memory that we can just go, oh, that thought, God, deal with that one now. God, oh, deal with that one now. Anything, Father. I pray for absolute freedom in this place. I pray for such freedom in this place, God. Like wreck us in that sense with, with absolute freedom. God, completely unbound in the way that we'd be not ever afraid or of the opinion of men, any man or woman would never, ever affect us again, that any spirit of intimidation would try and fly on the back of that stuff would be completely bound off our lives and removed. I pray, Father God, for the freedom, every, every shackle that is hindered, every um, fear thought of man, every embarrassing thought of, of any aspect of our life, I just pray God would be surrendered over to you because in you, God, there's no fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. And so we invite your perfect love in, God. We invite your perfect love in. Come in and blow away, blow away and scatter everything that's not of you. Uh, Remove it, God. We do, we ask. Yeah. Amen. 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 All right. So we're just going to love people really well, right? It's um, It's not like God doesn't know it's hard. It can be hard. I know I'm probably pretty hard to live with. <laughs> so, no, because, you know, we all have little habits and we all do things a little bit differently to the next person, right? And so there's little things that might irritate us about a person. There's little things that might frustrate us about the way someone, the other person might do something. But God knew that and he still says love. 
God knew that and he still created family. He still asks us to live in family. And I don't mean just the biological family. I mean the church family, right? The kingdom. God's got one family. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you for joining us today. For more resources like this or to find information about our weekly services, visit seashorechurch.com.